Hi, guys. Welcome to episode six of the On the Rise podcast. This is Alicia, and I'm here with my co-host, Molly. How are you doing today, Molly? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. Well, today we're going to be talking about documenting the journey, and I'm going to ask Molly to share a little bit about what his take is and the whole process of documenting. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I started documenting uh, my life just by writing every day. So at first I had some kind of um, idea what I wanted to write about. The two weeks in, I, yeah, I think I feel I felt like I had written everything I knew about. So I just started to write about what I felt that day, and I've done that ever since. And we also had two submissions today to the On the Rise publication on Medium. The first one was from CM Barrett, and she says this article will not tell you what to do, and that's a promise. And she's basically talking about the fact that there's a lot of articles on the internet that are self-help articles, instructing people what to do and how to do it. But she thinks that the best teachers are the ones that just share with you and allow you to take, you know, lessons from them from their through their sharing. How did what did you feel about her article? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, her message is really good. Um, she talks about uh, when her teacher left on vacation and the rest of the class kind of self-teaches themselves and most of the time it works out okay but this time it works out horrible because it turned into a shouting match and that reminded me of how important the teacher is but mm -hmm. most of the time if, if the teacher is really good you don't even notice um, what the teacher is doing so um and that's what a great teacher is, um, just nudging your students in the right directions, but not forcing uh, one point of view uh, on them. Right. And, and you have a trading advisor. You wrote an article about your trading advisor. What have you learned from his teaching style? Yeah, he just he lets me make my own mistakes, basically. And most of the time, he, even, he lets me do whatever I want. And then if I made a mistake, he's like, yeah, but that was, a, that was wrong. So... Um, I think he wants me to, to see what, or, or sometimes even do, do the wrong thing, to really learn why I shouldn't be doing it anymore. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's not a ther theoretically approach, he just lets me, um, yeah, lets me sometimes fail. And that's cool, that's how you learn. Right, does he tell you beforehand that to look out for whatever it might be that you're about to run into? Yeah, but sometimes the thing he says is, it's hard for me to understand what what it's why it's wrong or why it's 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 applicable. So most most of the time, I only figure out after it happens what he was trying to tell me. I mean, so that's how it is. Um, like, yeah, he, he nurtures me in the right direction. I would say like that is wrong or that is right, but I still have to figure out on my own why it's not right or why it's not wrong. So um, that's what I like about it. Yeah. Or about my, my mentorship, and that's also how I try to mentor my own. Uh, students who want to trade it's the same thing that i do yeah and do your students always are always follow your direction or do they sometimes just go the opposite because they think they no, know yeah that's that's the cool thing i mean mm -hmm. sometimes they do whatever sometimes i i for instance i i would teach technique or i would say like look look out for that and they would do the opposite thing and they still get at some decent results and that helps uh -huh. me too because i know well maybe i wasn't Maybe it's, it's, I mean, there are multiple ways to, to get to a solution. And right. sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes we get to, to a greater insights about what we're doing. So in a way, they don't teach me too. So that's, that's, that's true. Great. It's important to be able to be teachable as well, even though you're a teacher and not feel like you know all the answers. And I think that's what um, CM was saying too. 
She said, when I was listening and letting my students teach me, my limited sense of self dissolved. It's in those best moments I lived in the spacious dwelling on whose walls hangs a sign, there's no place like home. So I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that the best teachers have no ego and are humble. And I believe, I truly believe that. So like my trading advisor, I mean, he's a trading legend, but he still mm -hmm. believes I can teach him something too. Uh, about oh, that's you know those things and and yeah that's what you that's how you know you have a great teacher because um, yeah if you if you're willing to learn from everyone then you know you can teach every, anyone yeah and then we also had an article from benjamin bagel who is a 15 year old we were talking about yesterday he submitted his first article to on the rise called rebuilding through assessment and strategization can't even say the word <laughs> But he's basically talking about how he's in a little slump right now and he doesn't really know what to write. So he's just going to start documenting the process, which I think is pretty neat. He said um, he's in a productivity slump. So what do you feel about getting out of a slump? Like, you know, a lot about momentum and how to regain it. Yeah. Um, if you, I mean, I've been there. I've been there, too. I mean, we've all been there in slump. And the best thing is, I think, like what he does is just, you know, get back to the basics and uh, mm -hmm. figure out what, what's going on. Um, he's, uh, he says that too, he's going to just look at his goals, try to mm -hmm. work out his routine, trying to uh, work out, uh, <clears throat> do his uh, exercises, uh, whatever. Um, and I think that's the way to get out of the slump. You can't force it. Right, and the other thing was, yeah, he said start developing daily habits too, which I think is really important. Right. That's amazing if you're 15 year old. Uh, 15 I know. Year old, think about it. I mean, I would never have done that. But <laughs> and I also want to do um, or want to say while I have the chance is um, say to the kid, like, don't uh, rush yourself too. But, I mean, you're 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, you, you can have a slump. It's okay at that age. You can, right? You don't have to put, get on every day, turn on every day. I mean, uh, take it sometimes easy too. Because, That's true. Uh, yeah, I wrote about that lots uh, about the burnout and stuff like that. I mean, you have to you have to balance life. You have to uh, cannot be pushed the treat the needle all the time. That's the thing about it. Yeah, I guess not to like beat up yourself too much. Like if you're in a little slump, because all right. So I'm always hearing like you have you know you have plenty of time ahead when you're what they say before thirty. <laughs> But um, I still think I have plenty of time ahead, even though I'm 30. Like, even if I make a mistake now, you can still regain at any point in time. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, right? I'm 35, but that's, that's nothing. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I think I read something about Warren Buffett that he made 99% of his fortune after the age of 55. So, yeah, wow. so that, that shows you, right? Uh, yeah. And the thing is, if I read, I mean, still, I'm a the guy and he has a lot of vision and goals. But it yeah. reminds me a little bit of when I was at that age. I mean, I was also that driven and I was also that focused. But um, I mean, it's a tightrope that you have to balance, yeah, that you have to walk. You can't, uh, you can't uh, overdo it. Right. Yeah, I think I was focused at that age too. I just wasn't directing my focus toward anything in particular. But um, if you know you have something, you should definitely go for it. Especially like if you're 15, you'll be way ahead by the time you're 30 or 35. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For instance, I mean, if that guy starts to invest, I mean, same topic again. If you right. start to invest now, I mean, by the age, by the age, or by when he's 30 or 35, he's already financially. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
can't admire people like that. I mean, you said it yesterday too, but uh, if you're like that at that age, that's fantastic. And there's almost no limit at, at what that guy can achieve if he keeps on doing it. Yeah. And documenting the journey too, like it's one of the best ways to start anyway, because it always feels so overwhelming. Like when you're starting to do YouTube or medium or podcasting, you're not sure what niche to even jump into. But like, if you just start talking about whatever's in your mind, it's the easiest way to get in without getting all these other excuses as to why you can't start. So that's why I think documenting the journey is also important. Yeah. And um, I see the same with me too. And with you too, I've, I've seen that journey with you too. You start mm -hmm. talking about everything. You don't know anything. I mean, I'm talking about yeah. me now. It's um, okay. After a while, like, if you're doing that, I, I've just checked it out. I've done it for 212 days in a row. If you do that for 212 uh, days in a row, you kind of start figuring out who you are, what you want to talk yeah. about. And things, I mean, the universe shows you who you are and what you can talk about. And that's why documenting the journey is very important. Right. And you start to find direction too, like you said. So I think it's really important to document or just like work your way through it somehow. Like it needs to be every day. If you're not online, at least journaling or something, like just doing something every day to work closer and closer towards figuring out who you are as a person and what you want to do or your passions. Yeah. And the thing that I re um, noticed, maybe you have something like that too, is mm -hmm. like I can go back to like six months ago and see what I wrote. And if I feel like I did the wrong, the wrong decision, I can see why I did it because I can go back and, and analyze my thought pattern. So it, it proves my, my critical thinking and my decision making. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Even now, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I need to go back and go through my articles. That'll be interesting at the end of the challenge. Like if I go back through and make, maybe I can even make a story like out of everything I learned along the whole journey this year. I should, you should definitely. Um, and that's the thing about why I'm a little bit jealous about the, the 15 year olds because I'm commenting it now. So he has an, an amount, immense amount of data when he's like 30 or 35. Right. I mean, he will, he will improve much faster than me as he could because he will know himself very good, very exactly. Um, right. That's awesome. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about that article? Um, maybe I could, uh, we could talk a little bit more about my article today. Okay. Uh, it's uh, called What I Learned About Money. Um, and it says, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, it says that money always comes. Well, that's my how I think about it. Like, um, people talk a lot about money. Everybody wants to make money. But what I really think is that money is something that is a byproduct of being exceptional or well, having skills, doing, being your best. And then the money will come. So uh, that's why I, I wrote a little bit about it. Um, and I thought we talked a little bit more about the monetization of our publication and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. Because we've, talk, we've been talking about that before. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's like... Yeah. I was going to say, I kind of wrote about that a little bit too the other day, just that I think it's important to give as much as you can before you ask or take. Um, because what you're doing is providing so much upfront value and by the end of the time people are just wanting like you said to throw stuff at throw money at you and I think that's really important to try to try to give as much as you can yeah. to help people yeah um, I think I mean a lot of I think that that was my mistake earlier when I when I I, fa I tried a lot of businesses and sometimes fails failed 
But the thing was, I was always thinking about me and about what I could win or what I could gain. Right. And now I'm different. I'm totally the opposite. I'm thinking about what I could give, what I can give to the community. And I'm not thinking about the payoff or whatever is going to happen or, you know what I mean? Now I'm thinking yeah. about what can I give. And that's a very nice way to think about it. Yeah, I think so too. I think I had the same situation too. Like before I was always worried, like worried about what to go into. I'm like, what can make me the most money? What can I do? But it's much nicer feeling when you're trying to help people and then they're receiving it. Like right now, I'm not even thinking about money at all. And I mean, when we get to that point, we get there. But right now I'm just happy with the way things are going. Yeah, and you don't feel like a scammer because like in the in the past, that was sometimes like you made a product and you go to people and like, pay me, pay me, but you feel like, yeah, this, do I give enough? Is this enough value? You know what I mean? And now right. we can't, I mean, now we, we're giving it away for free, so the value is obviously there. So yeah. you know, what you're doing is okay. What you're doing is great. Yeah, definitely. I think that's also why I decided not to, even though it's not a big deal, like I feel kind of silly because the medium, um, what's it called? The partner program, it's only $5 a month, but I still didn't want to monetize my, my post because I felt like I was putting something between me and the readers, how, however cheap it was, um, that, you know, it could block some people from seeing something that I felt was of good value. So that's why I stopped doing the partner program ultimately. Not that I think anything's wrong with those who are doing anything. It just wasn't for me at this time. Yeah, but that, what I feel about that partner program is, um, I mean, I'm not good enough as a writer to, to charge people for money. Yeah, we should focus, or I should focus on, on my craft, on my writing. And um, if you ask people money for your writing, you create friction. And uh, I don't think I'm in a position to create friction. And I just have to focus on becoming good, getting my, yeah, getting my stuff as, as, as wide out there as I can. And um, yeah, the money will follow sooner. So. Yeah, like everything takes patience. I think that's a big lesson too. Like you just, you know, everyone wants to get rich quick or they want money right then and there. But like if you just wait and you put your best foot forth, like it's, like you said, it's going to come eventually. Like there's no rush. I mean, yeah, everyone can use a little money here and there. But like, you know, just if you wait it out, you'll make it. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I wrote about that. And in the end of my article, I said, uh, we have been putting out free content for months now. Let's go big someday because universal rewards for that, it's karma, uh, right? So I really believe it, by the way. That's, that's really how I feel. But uh, I wanted to, to read one more comment uh, on, on that article by uh, Tom Blair. He's also... Oh, yes. I, I love the, the, uh, the, the comments. I, I, at first, I didn't know what it was, what it had to do with my story. But uh, so it's basically when he worked in retail for Apple, and they had some kind of script that uh, um, guided their customers along some kind of journey. And it, uh, the script was uh, designed to, well, to pay off, of course, to, to get as much uh, customers as possible or to sell as much as possible. And he told that he was getting very good at guiding his customers along his script and selling a lot. And others didn't do that. So the others started asking him, hey, why, why does it work for you? And why doesn't it work for him? And he decided, or he realized it, that it worked for him because he just enjoyed the process of getting them through the funnel, let's say. And the others were just rushing through or forgetting things or were so focused on the money and converting that they weren't doing it. So he comes to the same conclusion, like, you have to just love the process and the money or the bills yeah. or whatever. That's just a byproduct of you enjoying what you do. 
Yeah, I really like this comment too. I think it's really important because like wherever your focus is, it's going to show. So people can feel that if you're trying to get go after their money, they're going to feel that you're going after their money. They're not going to want to give it to you, which is, it's kind of funny. Like it works the opposite of what you think it would like mm-hmm. focus on helping. And then people want to give you money, you focus on the money. Then people don't want like your help. They don't want it. <laughs> Basically that that's what you're saying now is true for a lot of things in the world. It's, it's always totally the opposite, like health. Food. Uh, people think it's it's like uh, you have to focus on being if you if you're diseased you have to focus on your disease but the more you focus on your disease the yeah. more diseased you become so it's 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 the opposite in in a lot of things than what we are learned at school or in society. That's true. That's a good analogy. Yeah. All right. So I think that's a good time to end the episode for this afternoon. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to give us some claps on Anchor and. Like we said yesterday, we're still looking for writers on On The Rise. So send me an email. My email address at the top of my profile if you would like to become a writer. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Okay, bye.